I want to uh, start a, in in honor of the Christmas season to a two point a two part series uh, about two births uh, today and and part one is about John the Baptist and part two is about Jesus obviously and that's kind of the way it's laid out there in the book of Luke as we're going to see the first birth was miraculous the birth of John the Baptist but in a natural kind of way the second birth of Jesus was miraculous in a supernatural way. Both very, very important, though. I want you to notice that. John the Baptist, he was kind of like the advance man, right? He was the guy who came ahead and got things ready, and, and he did the advance work for the king. He did the quote-unquote preparation. And that's really, really important. And preparation sometimes takes a lot of different turns and twists. And, and even in uh, the story we heard today, it was a preparation for, for uh, Dave's father, whose name is Richard, by the way. Uh, good name. Uh, he, it was some 20 years in the making. So we don't know how long and, and, and what, how things take, but um, it's very, very important. I'm thinking about preparation in a lot of different ways. If you're going to paint your house, for example, how many of you ever tried to paint your own house? Sorry. You've got to do a lot of preparation, right? If you just go out there and slap the paint on, what happens? It's gone, it's falling off, peeling off, and, and preparation is absolutely uh, incredible that, that it takes so much preparation. I'm thinking about Christmas dinner. How many of you are thinking about Christmas dinner already? Um, I am. We usually have, I don't know what we have. I just show up, but it's good. <laughs> but it takes a lot of preparation to get to that day, Right? If you don't prepare, if you just throw something on the table, it's not cooked, it's not right, it's not prepared right, it's like, whoa, what a, what a job you did. Thank you. We prepare for Christmas in and, and, uh, a lot of different ways. We get gifts and we do all these nice things that we can do. And again, uh, I, I really did like that interview I heard with Phil Vischer that, you know, that we have a lot, of, a lot of celebrations taking place at the same time. They used to be separated, this gift-giving uh, celebration and then the celebration of the birth of Christ, and then they kind of like merged together. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't think we should be like, uh, you know, you need to stop all that and only focus on this. It's just we need to celebrate all of it. Is my feeling, and I and I really uh, I like the way he uh, presented that. But we prepare, you know, for Christmas in a lot of different ways. We we get the gifts. I saw this TV show um, <clears throat> about the president who was going to go to a foreign country. It was a country in Africa, and he was going to go there. And this program was like an hour long. I didn't watch all of it, but it was all about the preparation for the president of the United States to go for this short visit in this foreign country. The preparation that it took was absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, all the planes and the helicopters and the, and the vehicles, they had to get all these vehicles there. They had to get there before he got there and work for a long time to get this all ready. It, it, was, it took months, really, for them to prepare for the visit of this dignitary, the president. How many of you know what preppers are? (laughs) 
You might be a prepper. Preppers are people who are actively preparing for emergencies, right? Disasters, disruptions, that kind of thing. Uh, I want to read to you a quote from uh, practicalpreppers.com. <laughs> I'm laughing just because it's funny, but I believe in preparation. Trust me. <laughs> he says, the world we live in is an unstable one. From natural disasters of biblical proportions to concerns about the economic downturn and government shutdown, the hits just keep on coming. And at the same time, the power grid is incredibly fragile. Our dependency on widely distributed long-distance systems for power, medicine, and food makes our society susceptible to attack whether by foreign or domestic enemies or the weather. No matter the concern, the solutions are the same. And then they talk about lots of different ways to prepare and be ready. Uh, like I said, I believe that there are certain things we certainly need to be prepared. Having water, having food, having things that we can have. And, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, I think uh, we're probably, most of us, myself included, not prepared enough. But... There's some pre preparation that's way, way more important than just having enough food and water on hand, really. And that's what John the Baptist came to say. That's what John the Baptist came to talk about, to prepare the way for Jesus. Let's open our Bibles, Luke chapter 1. We'll pick it up there in verse 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. Again, this is the, the order that we find it here in the Gospel of Luke. <clears throat> that this first birth, the first one that is spoken about is John the Baptist. If you look at verse 5, it says this, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth, Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. And both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children. Because Elizabeth, I'm in trouble with Elizabeth today. Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. They were like unlikely parents, when you think about it. Again, it was a miraculous birth in a natural way. God moved in a, in a, in a miraculous way, but, but in a natural way, they were older. They had no children. He thought, you know, if I was going to send an advanced man, an advanced team, for my arrival, I would probably not pick this older couple. I would probably pick some really sharp, young, you know, team with a lot of hair and just really, you know, good-looking people. That's what I would pick. But God, he, he reached down into the lives of this older couple. The, why? Because, because what I see when I read about this couple is their hearts were in the right place. They had a heart for God. They had a heart. They, you know, they weren't complaining and moaning about their situation. It says they, they observed the Lord's command. They were upright in the sight of God. They followed after God. Look at verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for, for burning incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then, 
An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. God intervened. God had heard their prayers. We talked about that already. We've heard about that already, that God hears prayer. And sometimes we have to pray for a long, long time. Sometimes it's not you pray and it immediately happens. Sometimes that does happen. Sometimes it's amazing. You pray and like then all of a sudden this thing happens. But a lot of times it's, it's being patient and praying a long time. And so they had been praying for a long time. Who knows how long they were praying? It says they were uh, both well along in years. They've been praying for a long time. But, but God says, finally, I'm going to answer your prayer, and I, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Again, this is all running up to the, the uh, announcement that Jesus is going to come to the earth as well. Look at verse 14. And he will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Can you imagine if you were uh, hearing these words? And the angel's telling you these words, and you're hearing them about this, this son that you're going to have, and you're going, wow. Not only are you going to have a child, but God has a plan and a purpose for this child, and it's, a, it's an incredible plan and purpose. And we're going to read in a second some of the things that God had planned for him. But I, I just try to think of what, what that must have been like for, for Zechariah to hear these words. He kind of like questioned it a little bit. We're not going to get into that today, but he questioned it a little bit. And what happened to him? He lost his voice. He couldn't speak until actually John was actually born. He kind of said, are you sure, God? Like, you know, and we say that sometimes. Are you sure, God, you really want to do it like that? Like, I'm not quite understanding. But getting back to this John, John the Baptist, look at verse 16, the ministry of John. It comes out of these, out of this verse. It says, Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is the ministry of John. This is the, the first birth, the one that, that came to do these things that we just read about in this verse. Number one, he, it says there that out of these verses, number one, it says he would bring people back to the Lord their God. Bring people back to the Lord their God. That's powerful, isn't it? Isn't that? That's what God wants. God sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus to bring people back to the Lord. Why do people need to be brought back to the Lord? Because we go away from Him, right? God's always there. Who moved? You know that expression? God's always there. He doesn't move. It's you and I that move. We go away. And and one of the things that John the Baptist was going to do was to bring people back to the Lord their God. 
That's the only place that we need to be to bring us back. How many times have you and I wandered and, and we're off somewhere we really need? We need to be brought back. And God uses people like John the Baptist. And not only that, but I believe he uses people like you and me. You see, because we can't save anybody. John the Baptist could not save anybody. Jesus, the second birth, was the one who could save. But John the Baptist was used to bring people back to the Lord. Bring people back to the Lord their God. The second thing he says here, he says that, that John the Baptist would go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. He would go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. He, he fulfilled this ministry of Elijah. If you look on the screen, we have Malachi chapter 4. It says, see, and this is prophesied well before Jesus ever came on the scene, well before John the Baptist ever came on the scene. He says, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Prophesied. You see, God knows what's going to happen from beginning to end. He, he, nothing surprises him. In fact, it's all part of his plan. And his plans will always take place. His plans will always be fulfilled. And, and he had this plan and purpose. And, and then John the Baptist came. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 10, Jesus speaking about John the Baptist, he said that this is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. He confirmed that Jesus, that, that John the Baptist was the one that would fulfill that prospect. Now, was he actually like a reincarnation of John the Baptist? No. But he fulfilled this ministry of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist came, and he was, going to, he was going to go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. The third thing it says here in our verse, verse 16, it says that he would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. He would turn their hearts, the hearts of their fathers to their children. That's kind of an interesting verse. I thought about that many times when he talks about that. One of the ministries of John the Baptist is turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Why would he need to do that? Good question. Maybe the hearts of the fathers aren't really where they should be. Children are, are desperately in need of fathers, and I think, and we've seen it in, in our society in the last uh, how many years of broken homes and the fathers absent from the homes. Now, if you're in that situation, you know, God will give you the strength to do what you need to do. But, it, it, you know, the hearts of the fathers need to be where they should be and turn towards the, to the children. Absentee fathers is not a good thing. The last uh, thing in that verse there, he talks about turning the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To turn the, turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and... And uh, I think there he's just, it's part of this process, this process of preparation. Preparing for who? Preparing for Jesus. And the last thing he says there is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's what John the Baptist did. That's through the scripture. That's what we see. And that's what I believe that God is still doing today. And again, he's using lots of different means, lots of different avenues for, to prepare people. 
to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, does that mean uh, people can't still make up their own minds? No. You and I all have to make up our own mind a decision whether we're going to receive. But God does, God does things to prepare people for Jesus Christ. And that's what he did, and that's what he is still doing today. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We'll continue our story there about this guy, John the Baptist. And, of course, there's so much more that we could talk about him. But John the Baptist in John chapter 1, verse 6. It says, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Very interesting. You think about this guy, John the Baptist. Yeah, he was a, he was a powerful guy. And Jesus even said, you know, uh, among people born of women, there's nobody like this guy, John the Baptist. But John the Baptist knew, and he, he talked about it frequently. He said, you know what, it's not me. He says, I am only pointing to the one who you need to believe in. And that's what he's saying here. That's what the Gospel of John is telling us. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that all men through him might believe. All men through the message of Jesus Christ might believe. You see, what he did, what John the Baptist did, and, and, and you, could, you could kind of picture this in your mind, he was always pointing to Jesus. He was always pointing to Jesus. That's the guy over there. When Jesus came on the scene and he saw him one time, what did he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the guy right there. That's the one right there. Some of his disciples, he had a, he had a lot of disciples. Jesus came onto the scene, and, and some of his disciples, they left following him and began to follow Jesus. What is what they should do? And they said, hey, you know, don't you care? Like, you know, they're leaving your church, and they're going to Jesus' church. And he said, you know what? He must increase. I must decrease. He said, you know, man can only receive what's been given to him from heaven. This is where they need to go. This is the one that we need to. So for you and I and, and John the Baptist's message is that you and I should be pointing to Jesus. Listen, if, if it's all about us, there's not much hope anyways. Now we need to be living good examples and all the rest of it, but we're never going to be perfect. But Jesus, to be a witness to that light, he came as a witness to the light. In John chapter 10, verse 40 it says on the screen, Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. And here he stayed, and many people came to him, and they said, Though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said about this man was true. That's all he did was talk about this man. He, he didn't talk about himself and how, you know, cool he was, and, and uh, I'm not sure how cool he really was anyways. When you read about like how he dressed and the kinds of things he ate, you go like, I think he was a prepper. <laughs> well, actually, he was a prepper because he was prepping for, <laughs> for Jesus, but he ate kind of weird stuff out in the wilderness and, you know, uh, skins and all the rest of it, so maybe he's the prototype <laughs> prepper. We'll start a new website. John the Baptist, practical prep, verse 2. 
Anyways, all he could do was talk about Jesus. He said all that this man said about Jesus, all that John the Baptist said about this man was true. He kept pointing to Jesus. Look at verse 19 there in John chapter 1. He says, now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. Who are you? And he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. And finally they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Talk about the voice, right? How many of you are all like into the voice? The voice is all about human nature, but there was the voice that spoke about the Savior, which so many people around us are missing. He says, make straight the way for the Lord. You and I need to make straight the way for the Lord. Show people the way. Show people how to get there. How do you get right with the Lord? How do you get prepared for the Lord? It's a matter of the heart. As we share with people, it's about God. It's about turning our hearts to, to Jesus. We make it so complicated. You know, well, if I don't know enough Bible verses, if I don't know enough stuff, if I, you know, haven't lived a perfect life, well, you know, we, we need to be like John the Baptist. We point to Jesus. Point to him and say, he's the one. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Jesus speaking, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Back in Matthew chapter 3, uh, John the Baptist, it says he, he came preaching in the desert of Judea, and he said, uh, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And this is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, the, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. And people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now, did they get saved through being baptized? No. But basically, what he was saying was, listen, there's a problem here. The problem is that we're all sinful. The problem is that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The problem is that, that our sins separate us from God, and we need to go to him, and we need to confess and, and get right with God. But the way to do that is through Jesus. It wasn't through being baptized, though they did it as, a, as an outward expression of where their hearts were at. Back in Luke chapter 1, uh, look in verse 76. It says, uh, <clears throat> after John the Baptist was born, Luke chapter 1, verse 76 It says, and you, my child, Zechariah's prophesying. He said, and you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation. How? Through the forgiveness of their sins. Why 
because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Is that beautiful or what? Forgiveness of sin. You see, it all gets down to that. It gets down to Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. Why did he die on, die on the cross? Because to pay the price for our sins, that we might be completely forgiven, washed, and be able to spend eternity with him. It's very simple. You say, well, I don't know enough stuff. Well, you know that. That's all you need to know. Salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And we see light. We see peace. We see the mercy of God. Maybe, maybe it's not someone else. Maybe it's you or me that we need to get right. We need to get our hearts right and ready before God and need to turn to him. We need to ask ourselves, are we ready? Are we prepared? I was thinking about this, you know, usually what they say is that you need to be prepared like you need to have a will in place or some kind of directive, some kind of advanced directive. And, and uh, I thought, you know, and what, what do we usually say? Yeah, we do need that. And then what do we do? <laughs> Nothing. I have, one, I have a will, actually. It's, it's about 35 years old. I haven't looked at it in 35 years, probably. You know, I, I did it when I was about two, so. Yeah. But, but I have one. I, I'm not sure what it says, so somebody might be getting all my money. I don't even know who. Shh. <laughs> what money, she said. Don't tell my wife that. You know, we need to be ready. We need to be ready for a lot of things, and, and there's a preparation that takes place. The question they, they ask, you know, is there room in the inn? Is there room in the inn? Is there room in my heart for what Jesus wants to do in my life? Maybe he wants to use us to help prepare someone else for heaven. Maybe we need to talk about heaven. Maybe we need to get our eyes off ourselves and say, listen, I'd like you to go to heaven too, like we heard this morning. I, 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 you know, Mom and I are going to heaven. Oh, and you want me to go too? <laughs> is that sweet? What a story is that? I, I was blown away by that story. And, and then he just launches into prayer. One more scripture I want to look at, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 on the screen. He says, sow for yourselves righteousness and reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. This is a preparation. Before you're going to plant any seeds in a, a field, you've got to get, get out there and plow the ground, right? And unplowed ground, the word they use is fallow, meaning uh, they, they would let the ground lie without touching it for a period of time. It would become fallow. But then the time would come. They, they would need to get out there and begin to plow again. And that's what he's talking about here, to break up your unplowed ground. Why? So that the Lord could rain righteousness on you. So that the Lord could bring fruit in your lives. You and I, again, we don't save ourselves. We don't save anybody else. But, but you and I have a choice of where our hearts are going to be and, and the direction of our hearts. And are we going to let God do something in there? Are we going to prepare the place for him? Are we going to let him 
have his way within us. It's okay to prepare for Christmas. And uh, if you want to buy me a present, that's okay. But we need to also prepare our hearts, right? Again, it's a multifaceted celebration that we have. And, and you and I need to prepare our hearts for the Savior, always. You don't just do it once and you're perfect forever. I think it's a daily thing, really, daily. God, have your way in me. I give you my heart. I read this quote by Corey Ten Boom, who said, Every experience God gives us, every person he puts in our lives, is the perfect preparation for the future that only he can see. Actually, I lied to you. I said that was the last verse. I have one more verse. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 14. It really wasn't a lie. It was an oversight. John chapter 14, verse 1. We will definitely close with that. I'm still within my allotted time period. <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 1. We need to prepare for Jesus' return. Because he's preparing a place for us. Look at verse 14. He says, do not let, or verse 1, chapter 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? But Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what John the Baptist pointed to Jesus. Jesus said, really, you've come to the right place if you've come to me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But notice what he said to them in verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. It's a matter of the heart, isn't it? It really is. A matter of the heart. Let's pray together, shall we? Oh, Lord in heaven, we thank you for this time of year that we can celebrate so many things. But, Lord, we also want to prepare our hearts for you. And, and as John the Baptist came to prepare for you, uh, we want to prepare our hearts and, and lives for you. Father, that we can bring you that offering that we sang about earlier, and the offering of our hearts. Father, I pray also boldly that you would use us in the lives of the people around us to help them prepare for heaven. And there's only one way to prepare for heaven. It's through Jesus. Help us to be like John was, a light, a witness to the light not the light, but a witness to the light, the light of Jesus. Father, use us in these days, these very perilous times. Yes, we need to be prepared physically, but we need to be prepared spiritually, and we need to be prepared for heaven and, and help us to be, and help us to help others be prepared for heaven as well. Lord, I also want to pray for any that are here today, maybe that have never surrendered to the cross, Surrender to the love of Jesus, and maybe that's you, and you're not ready, but you want to be. But you can get ready right now. You can simply and honestly and sincerely open your heart to him and say, 
please come in. Please forgive me. Forgive my sin. And come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord. I need you, Lord. Father, thank you again. Thank you for so many things in our lives. You are so good to us, Lord. We give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?